WCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. What trends are advancing the field of UFO research today? What trends are holding it back? Where are the nuts and where are the bolts? Hey there, and welcome to the uh, uh, 500, almost, I'm so used to saying for the 502nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and no soaring questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And this evening, we have a guest, uh, actually a new guest, and a new twist on the UFO subject this evening. And uh, you're welcome to call in with questions and comments. And the number is 248-545-7685. Martin Willis is the host of PodcastUFO.com, which he founded two years ago this month. There you can find interviews with the greatest and most interesting names in the field. Martin has been interested in UFOs since he was a wee lad, but he was on the fence about their reality until he saw one himself in 2006 in Carmel Valley, California. Since then, Martin has had an open mind on what others have to say about the phenomenon. In recent years, he has taken up astronomy. He feels certain that we are not alone and thinks that it is possible that some part of our government knows that and keeps it from us. Martin's stated mission at Podcast UFO is to provide a place where anyone can interact and be heard on the UFO experiences or insights. Martin is also an artist and a longtime antique and fine art appraiser. His other interests include nature studies and scuba diving. Braver man than I. Martin's website, podcastufo.com. Martin Willis, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Hey there. Glad it's to good. be here today. Oh, it's good to have you with us. So we're going to kick this right off with uh, something rather simple. Martin, what is the current state of uh, UFO research? Oh, research. Well, um, I, there's all kinds of different takes on that. Um, I think that the more technology we have as far as, uh, while I'm talking a little bit in the astronomy part of it, um, you know, the more that uh, it's viable that we have uh, planets that can possibly host life and things like that. I think the better uh, it feels for someone that's in mainstream science to sort of have more of an open mind. So I think we're heading toward a right, uh, you know, the right direction. A lot of people ask me if they think someday we're going to have a government disclosure, and I really don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't think it's going to come from them. I think it's going to come through us discovering life out there and then uh, people actually paying more attention to the possibility that we might be visited here. Hmm. There are a lot of people talking about disclosure, aren't they? That's sort of like one of the yeah. big things that's going on right now, I say. Well, I don't know. People might be asking the wrong question and they can't get the right answer if you ask the wrong question in my opinion. That's true. Well, Martin, you know, I'm sure you know... Um, uh, Steve Bassett and people of, of this of his caliber, fine, fine people who are doing great work, mm. and the, the uh, open, or I should say, the uh, the hearings, uh, citizens' hearings on disclosure in Washington and all this. Yeah, that, was, that was a pretty big deal. Gary Hustle time. We've all been, for all people you know, we've all been following that. But mm-hmm. I, 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 I sometimes wonder, is the government more in the dark maybe than we are? I mean, is, is yeah. it someone else behind some of these activities are these even aliens in, in in the sense in which our narrow human framework can interpret that and these are all questions that i think 
ought to be being asked and are in some circles. What say you? Yeah, I agree. And you've had Nick Redford on before. And sure. he, he said, you know, there could be some, like, dark agency involved. And, you know, I, I've wondered about, you know, if any part of the government does actually know there's something gone uh, going on and they're keeping it away from us. Uh, they perhaps don't even know what it is themselves. Well, you know, I'm thinking of our case in, well, central Connecticut, Ben, and, you know, poking around over there with the camera crew that time. And, and I, I just didn't get the impression that this uh, military activity that was being reported and, and all of this stuff that was going on at the so-called abandoned farm abandoned. Was, was the government. Did you? I mean, I, Well, no. I feel like people just – ever since like the 60s, everyone just blames the government for everything. When they're well, probably, in most cases, they're probably right. Yes. This one, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's an easy it's an easy conclusion to go to. I mean, yeah. it's like they mess everything else up, so, I mean... But we're going to continue on with a little, little, some, little, little more uh, base questions. So who's doing more important UFO research, professional scientists or serious amateurs? Well, I do see, as I was mentioning, Don, I do see that there are more and more scientists that are actually... You know, getting a slightly involved, they're careful. Um, some uh, actually, you know, are looking at the cases. And uh, there was a gentleman named Rob, uh, Rob Robert Schroeder, who wrote a book. He's a he's an engineer uh, scientist um, on uh, UFO propulsion and what he thinks you know I had causes him a few it. Weeks ago. Mm. Oh, you had him. Oh, okay. And then, you know, there are other scientists that are actually getting involved. Uh, last podcast I have, the one that's up right now, is with uh, a Fermilab scientist, John Lincoln. And uh, he wrote a book on what aliens may look like and what, you know, people may perceive them to look like, whether it has to do with media or whatever. And um, he was very interesting, but the only way he'd be on my show is if I promised that I wouldn't debate him about UFOs. Really? <laughs> Right. What's so, the point in even, you know... I'm just going to come on and tell you everything you need to know. That's what Well, well i got, I got to tell you, I've, I've gotten a lot of email after that podcast went live on Friday with people kind of a little upset with me that I didn't take him to task because, you know, he said a couple of things I could have, but I just let it go. But at least I had him on, and I really do like the science part of this and when uh, I can at least get those people on the show. I did do a couple of debates. One was with... Dr. Seth Showstack from the SETI program, sure. and he he has a silver tongue. He was ready for me, and yeah. it was a tough one. But uh, that that kind of that podcast, I would say, went viral. A lot of uh, out of all my podcasts, I would say. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, is mainstream science uh, taking UFO studies any more seriously than it did 20 years ago? I know you mentioned some scientists are sort of testing the waters a little bit. I would, you know, I would think for the most part, I'd have to say yes, that they are. But, uh, you know, some people are, are saying that they're, you know, military craft. And, you know, I mean, there are a lot of a lot of people that just want to discount the whole thing. And I think that the thing that really changes someone, if, you know, for instance, I, I'm in touch with a astronomer in the UK and he had a huge triangle go over his head. And, you know, otherwise he totally didn't believe in it. And now he's uh, he's involved in my forum, and hopefully he'll be a guest someday. So I think there's nothing like a good sighting to change someone's mind to look into it a little <laughs> more. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my first 
ghost case, if you will, 1971, the uh, the, the fellow was an engineer from the and a photo expert from United Technologies Corporation with, with six seminary students, including myself. And he had the, probably the wildest experience of this place uh, uh, of anyone. And he, we were interviewed on the radio the next day in the, the local Putnam, Connecticut station. And he, uh, he, the, the reporter asked him, has this changed your mind a little bit? He said, somewhat, yes. So I think that <laughs> there's nothing like having it happen to you. Right. But, um, but Martin... The, the entire question of scientists coming in and getting involved in, in uh, this sort of research is, is great, but is our science actually up to dealing with this? Our science is based on, uh, as many will tell you, with the exception of some areas of physics, particle physics, maybe quantum physics, are sort of above and beyond the materialist paradigm that the rest of our science is based on. I mean, And, and from what I've seen in paranormal research in general, particularly at, at, at Duke University Lab many years ago when they were, they were interview, you know, interviewing people and dealing with parapsychology they, they were trying to, it doesn't happen now, but they were trying to make square pegs fit round holes, you know, sweating and straining mm-hmm. to make these things that might be outside our accepted paradigm fit that paradigm. What say you? Right, well, you know, the number one thing of course is lack of physical evidence and that's what they all you know, that's the stumbling block. And when I did the debate with Seth Shostak, he said that if there was a wing of the Smithsonian full of physical UFO evidence, then he would actually believe that they were extraterrestrial. You know, um, so I think that's... Yeah, I've heard him say that, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like, you know, unfortunately with most of the paranormal, that, or I dare say all of the paranormal, is you really don't have the physical evidence. You have maybe uh, witness testimony, uh, pictures, sometimes physical trace cases and things like that, but you just can't get your hands on that physical evidence. Same thing with abductions and all that. Well, that depends, I think, perhaps on how you define physical evidence. Now, people sometimes approach us because, as you may know, we, we take this multiverse theory very seriously when it comes to the paranormal, the multiple worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics specifically. And uh, that's the only thing I've seen that really explains what we've seen in the trenches in the paranormal research. And the question arises, why isn't there physical stuff going back and forth between these parallel worlds? Well, there are all the time. Uh, I haven't been able to find it in a few years, but I have a coin from a nation that never existed. And it keeps coming and going, and, you know, and things of this kind occur. We have things that, that appear and reappear in photographs from time to time. I've known that to happen. So, I mean, there is lots of physical evidence, but nothing that they will accept because it mm. doesn't fit their paradigm. Right. That's, that's what I seem to see. So uh, the question is what constitutes evidence, and if it doesn't fit the paradigm, uh, maybe... Does that make uh, it any less does evidence? Does make it any less evidence because the, the entire realm, the entire reality might not fit our narrow parameters the narrow parameters of our paradigm. I don't know. So it's, it's kind of like chasing your tail, I suppose. Right. And it's the same thing with, you know, I think we know so little about, say, the universe, for instance, never mind, you know, uh, what's happening right in front of us. We just know so little, and it's probably, you know, it's just like the spectrum of our vision. We only see a little bit uh, of what's actually out there. You sure. Know, and, and that's kind of like the same way with, you know, most paranormal. Mm-hmm. So let, let's turn a little bit to your activities as well. Uh, how many people have you interviewed on Podcast UFO? Very interesting well, website, by the way. 
Oh, thank you. I think it's in the 70s at this point, but I've had a number of podcasts where there are multiple uh, people on. So, you know, maybe in the 80s, something like that. Okay. And uh, it's a lot of interesting people. I try to, one of the things I try to do, and I'm not sure if I'm always good at it, is I try to ask some questions that maybe they haven't heard before. Oh, that's what we try and do all the time. And sometimes we succeed. Mm. Somebody says, well, you guys ask difficult questions. Tim, am I supposed to that's say what we're here for. But very good. So we're ready for our break, I guess. Indeed we are. And we're going to take a break here on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. We'll be right back with our marvelous guest, Martin Willis. So stick with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and this man over here is Paul. And with us is Martin Willis. And we're going to get right into some questions about his podcast. Yes, Martin. Now, who would you say is the most... We're talking about, again, Podcast UFO, for those who might be just joining us, mm. podcastufo.com. And uh, wonderful. Uh, we were just, we met Martin in Lemonster, Massachusetts, a few weeks ago at the first New England UFO conference. That was a hoot. It was mm-hmm. really interesting. And uh, Martin, was we, he just impressed us no end because we were in the media room together. We were interviewing people, and he was too. Didn't mean for that to sound sarcastic, actually. A hoot, as in it's a, it, was, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Not that Martin is particularly funny. He's a witty fellow. But uh, we just really enjoyed meeting him and were mm. very impressed with his intelligence and his uh, uh, articulate approach to his interviews. That was great. So here he is with us this evening. So, Martin, uh, of all the people you've interviewed on the podcast UFO, who do you, do you, have, a, do you have a favorite as far as uh, who was the most interesting? Well, I've had a couple of people on that I've found interesting that nobody else had interviewed yet. Um, For instance, uh, one of them was uh, Ralph Blumenthal. He was uh, uh, a mainstream journalist who wrote for an article about um, abductions um, on Vanity Fair. And I scooped him. I got a note from Leslie um, Kane to uh, get a hold of him right away, which I did. And he was a wonderful interview. Uh, highly intelligent. He had never stepped in the waters of anything to do with anything paranormal, so it was kind of exciting to get him on. That's great. Um, I've, I've had Stan Friedman on a bunch of times. He's he's a, a favorite to a, a lot of people. Um, and there's been some excellent people. I have um, one of the one of my favorites was uh, Klaus Svahn. He's from Sweden. Hmm. And have you heard of him? I'm. Af- I haven't. Have you been? No. No. Yeah, he's excellent, and they they take the matter seriously over there, and he works in their office. They have thirty people in, the, in that office, and they have probably twenty five thousand UFO books and uh, in their library. A lot of wow. really good research people come off from all over the place to research there, and there's no ridicule at all because they take it seriously. And he's uh, he's interviewed in on either radio or television. Oh, several times a month, and he said there's absolutely no ridicule when it comes to the UFO That's field amazing. at all. I didn't know there were 25,000 books on the UFO. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, on the issue of, uh, of, of guests, Martin, who, who, in your opinion, was, uh, well, I might say the most, I might ask the most controversial or someone who, who had the most uh, original ideas about what this is and what it's about, would you say? Well, I, I think we talked a little bit about Thomas Fusco. Uh, he had some definitely original ideas mm-hmm. about the whole situation. He he was interesting. And I've talked to, you know, there's been a couple of people that I've had on, and I, I really don't want to name any names, but I thought they were kind of way out there. And I yeah. kind of let them say their thing. And, you know, I, I'm not going to debate someone in this. You know, I may call them on one or two things, but I'm not going to totally debate someone and take them by surprise. I, you know, I have had a, a three skeptics on and got in debates with, with them, but they knew ahead of time that I was going to do that. Have you had Michael Shermer from No, uh, I, would like to, I would like to have him on 
you know, uh, let's see, a person I had on was from the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, and his name was Evan, and I have to take a look at who he was. Evan, I had Roger Nygaard also. He was a total skeptic. Evan Bernstein. Evan Bernstein was on. Okay. And, uh, you know, you when you're dealing with someone that's totally closed-minded and goes under the uh, banner of uh, a skeptic, but more like a debunker or someone that just is, you know, going to go nowhere, it's kind of a lot of dead-end roads. You know, you, can, you can't get mad at them. Not <laughs> 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 in the podcast, anyway. But... Um, but anyway, I, I enjoy doing that, and I want, I want to have more people on like that. Good. Okay. Uh, Martin, on the subject of the UFO field in general, uh, and we've seen some of this ourselves, but you're, you're perhaps more involved, are there as many feuds, intrigues, and politics in the field as there appear to be? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I, I hear that from, you know, when I talk quietly to someone before or after I'm interviewing, I, I hear I hear a lot of that. You know, there's a lot a lot going on as far as... There is politics and egos, and unfortunately, I think the egos definitely get in the way of a lot of good research out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that always bothered me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a strange animal, but I always felt that being involved in this field is somewhat humbling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we've seen things, yeah. you know, but it, I, I don't know. It's like, but to use it for personal aggrandizement or for narrow thinking is something that, well, for one, it's selfish, and two, it's it's just it shouldn't fit in the. I mean, that's the way I see things. Yeah, I, I don't. What do you think? Yeah, well, I I think you know there's there's not really there there's a misconception that people in the UFO field make a lot of money just because you see them on TV a lot. You know, for instance, I had a conversation with with um, uh, Stan uh, about that, and you know, I don't think there's anyone on TV more than him, Stan Friedman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's telling me it's a losing game all the way down the line. And even when he was on Larry King Live, he had to, you know, pay for his own meals. He got his hotel and travel. But, you know, they get zero. <laughs> you know, they oh, maybe, I know. Yeah. I've been on a few times. I didn't know, I've, I've been paid several times. Uh, that, was, that was History Channel. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's it's largely your own, you know. Expenses. Good, uh, expenses and, and uh, your yeah. offices, I suppose. But there are some people out there that are everywhere. And then there's the real humble people that I really like. I really enjoyed, you've met him recently, Travis Walton. He's oh, yeah. Down to Earth. He's a very great impressed guy. with Travis. Yeah, never met him before. Yeah, he's wonderful. And there's a lot of people I really enjoy and are totally down to earth. I met. Um, that's, a, that, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good pun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. down to earth. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I got a note from a gentleman named Mark Sima. He's a author, and um, he researches UFOs in China. And now he's a correspondent. He's great, you know, and, and he's totally down-to-earth and wonderful. All right, so tell us about some of your own UFO experiences. Well, I've had one, and it's rather boring. You know, it's nothing exciting. But, well, we'll be the um, judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in a uh, I was in a hot tub, and when I say that, people said, "Oh, you were drunk, or you know something," <laughs> but no, I wasn't. And I had just had surgery uh, about a month or so before, and was resting at a, a friend's ranch in Carmel Valley, uh, California. And it was about eight o'clock or so at night. It was there was it was twilight, and all of a sudden something caught my eye. I thought it was a bird or something, and. I look up, and there's a perfect-shaped disc 
And the one thing I had never known or heard before was that it was absolutely silent. So I had no idea that that was a typical thing. And it just kind of glided and sort of stopped. And then it took on a new course toward uh, Carmel. And so I'm looking at this thing, and it's, it's sort of silvery. It's, if you hold your hand out as far as you can, it's about the size of a silver dollar, maybe a 50-cent piece. I can't really um, be the judge of how, you know, what the altitude of it was. But when I'm looking at it, I'm just, say, I'm just thinking to myself, you got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. So I jumped out of the hot tub. I went to the phone, and I called the Carmel Police Department, and I said, there's a saying it's heading your way, and I just want to know, has anyone else seen it? And I was put on hold, and there was, uh, you know, when I said the word UFO, all of a sudden I got this sarcastic tone from this dispatcher, and I was put on hold for about 15 minutes, and I finally hung up. So that was basically it. But when I talked about it to one person at work, it kind of went around and I felt humiliated. And uh, so, you know, I kept it to myself for a number of years. And I was I was actually afraid to tell, you know, a number of people. And, and now I find that uh, I, I have no problem. I don't I don't care who I tell who I've seen it. And people in my business, in the antique business, are now finding me you know, on podcast UFO, uh, when they Google my name and I've actually had some people in my business and one, a couple of them that are on TV regularly that have had uh, UFO sightings and actually listen to the show. One of them does anyway. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, we found that too. A lot of people, uh, people are perhaps more willing to talk about this than they, they used to be, especially back in the seventies, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Um, the notion, one of the things that's drawn us uh, to be not only interested, but in a way kind of getting involved in the field after many years of doing other things, was the, um, the pan, what I, I call the pan-paranormal approach that we seem to be detecting in the UFO field today. In other words, people realize, one thing we've always done is, is look at all aspects of, of a case. We don't go into a, quote, haunted house and just look at the house. We look at the, uh, the outside, the whole area. Uh, have UFO sightings occurred? And very often they have. Uh, are there other paranormal events, cryptids, and things of this kind? You'd be amazed what if you spend the time, what you can discover. We believe they're probably connected because of the processes involved, and that's one thing we started to notice in the UFO field among a number of people who were considered to be um, uh, important uh, people in that field. That they are considering. Now I'm thinking particularly of Kathleen Martin. Uh, mm-hmm. whom we both know, and Kathleen has uh, is considered the idea that, that there may be uh, relations, if only in the processes, between ghost phenomena, UFOs, this sort of thing. And one thing we've found, too, is that ghost cases often lead us into paranormal cases, such as in this case in Connecticut. It started with a, a ghost thing that was going on in the house, and bingo, and a couple of years later, we ended up with this... Uh, farm and all this business. So are you seeing that too, and what is your take on it? I think there is something there. I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, I read recently uh, George Knapp. Hopefully he'll be on the show. He's, we've been conversing back and forth, but he wrote a book, uh, Skin, Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, yes. Um, and, you know, that kind of says it all right there, what was happening there with so many witnesses. And now they had they had quite a team in there investigating that. And then as soon as that team got in there and started doing the work, everything stopped. I don't know if you know much about that. Uh, well, I've read the book. I've been mm-hmm. unable to contact 
the book, two of the, the, the two authors, which is pretty unusual for us. We have a lot of resources in that direction, but or at least they haven't responded, which makes me wonder. I don't know why, because we're mm-hmm. very interested in that sort of thing, and because yeah. it's not it's not really all that uncommon. Right, right, and you know, I've heard. Uh, I actually was talking to Nick Redfern the other day, and I said, you know, what is this about? You know, people saying say Bigfoot and. And then they're also seeing UFOs in the same area. So I, I do hear of those things. And, you know, why wouldn't there be ghosts? You know, I mean, that's another thing that, you know, you totally can't explain. And, you know, I had something happen once that I can't, I could never tell what it was that happened. But I wouldn't call it a ghost, but I don't know what it was. Well, we often say that or, or seem to see from witnesses that the context has a great deal to do with how things are interpreted. In other words, as we often say, if you see a wispy figure or even a solid figure in your living room, aha, it's a ghost. However, if it's short and gray, it's aha, it's an alien. And especially if you see in your yard a, a disc hovering above it, you know, then it's an alien. Maybe in some cases, at least, it might depend on, on the context. But we do have to take another break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. Stick with us. We'll be right back with our very interesting guest, Martin Willis. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons. No boundaries.
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and to my left is Paul, and we have on Martin Willis Willis with us. And uh, he is from Podcast UFO, and we're going to start talking about some cases. So let, let's do that, Martin. What, what cases have you found most interesting in the course of your own work and of your interviews in Podcast UFO? Well, it just so happens, uh, kind of a fascinating case that I always thought was kind of strange, but it seemed fairly credible, was the Pasca... How do I say that? Pasco's... Hmm. I'm sorry, just a minute. Pascola? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that uh, that <laughs> case there. I'm actually talking to Calvin Parker tomorrow morning, first thing, bright and early. Oh, neat. Uh, nice. he, he hasn't done too many interviews, so it'll be pretty yeah, exciting. We, we, we're interested in getting him, too. Yeah, I can let him know that. Also, um, I, I got someone coming on really soon that I'm really excited about, and I just got confirmation from him the last couple of days, and that's Colby Landrum on the Cash Landrum case. He does not do interviews, and so it was really tough for me to – talk them into uh, doing one. So that's pretty exciting. And I have two people that are going to be on that investigate the case, um, Kurt Collins and a friend of mine, Chris Lambright. Um, they're both going to be on, so all three of us will be on. That will be coming up in the next two or three weeks. Those cases have uh, intrigued me. Um, one of them, of course, um, is Rendlesham Forest, which you have uh, great knowledge of. I, I think that's one of the most solid cases out there. Roswell, of course, can never forget Roswell. And, and by the way, I was watching a, a new documentary that just came out, TWA Flight 800, and the, uh, the eyewitnesses to that that were claiming they saw a missile go up, what looked like a missile, and actually hit or explode next to the plane before that came down. Uh, they were told by, you know, FBI agents, you know, to keep it quiet and much like – what you hear the Roswell witnesses were told by the government. And, you know, that was it's a, a cover-up situation, and it just totally, after I watched that film, I was thinking, you know, how closely related that was to what witnesses were saying that, that they were told yeah, at Roswell. Roswell. Well, mm-hmm. there would be, the although there, there's a great distance in years between the Roswell case and TWA 800, uh, in between which I was involved in the military, too, and there, there was... There's a certain uh, modus operandi that's used in any time I'm trying to keep everything quiet. And so it, it's not too you know, hard to believe that they uh, would use the same uh, tactics you know, that they might in Roswell or some of the same mm-hmm. tactics. But the question is, what was it that they're trying to keep secret? Right. So yeah. that, that's something we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, on the um, 
One of the more interesting guests we've had, and I'm sure you know him too, is Ted Phillips uh, from Missouri. And Ted is uh, always been around forever, collecting, uh, probably has the greatest database of information on, on, as we were discussing, physical evidence of UFO landings. And Ted was saying, we were asking him uh, how UFOs um, and the sightings and the uh, craft themselves, if they are craft, or some of them, have been evolving since, say, the Roswell case. And he said that it's very interesting that a lot of the nuts and and we've asked Stan Friedman this too, a lot of the nuts and bolts craft that people would see with legs, you know, landing, uh, are not as common now, according to his research, as they were. And what people are seeing now too, uh, in many cases, tend to be balls of light. And he was describing uh, Marley Woods, which is a place in Missouri Mm -hmm. that obviously of indeterminate location for good reason. And many of these these balls of light will follow you and will apparently, and he believes that they're some sort of probes or information gathering devices. Now that that matched up with some of of my experiences in ghost research with the so-called orbs, you know, following mm-hmm. you around and changing colors and having many of the characteristics of, of ball lightning and and acting like. Um, Intelligent or semi-intelligent life forms of some kind, which I have a whole theory on that myself. But, but um, have you, in the interviews you've done and the cases you've looked at, noticed such an evolution from more nuts and bolts craft to more? I'm not going to say ethereal, but more energy type type things in in the UFO uh, experience. I have talked to someone about that particular, um, exactly what you're talking about there, and but we. It, didn't, we didn't necessarily go into the orbs part of it, just that there seems to be some change over the years. I don't really know. You know, I mean, um, I wouldn't think that it would really matter myself. I mean, if we're being visited, if that is true, then, um, you know, you wouldn't think that a new model would come out, you know, from an intelligence somewhere else that's totally different. I mean, it is, it is interesting that it, there seems to be changes in that. Uh, you know, you're going back to physical trace evidence. Uh, I'm going to be talking. I'm going down to Ray Stanford's house down in uh, in Baltimore, and he's a man who actually held a rock at the um, uh, at a landing site that had metal traces on it, um, and he took that to NASA to have some metallurgy tests done on it, and they scraped it off the rock, and it was gone. You know. Really? Okay. Hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Well, there's another question. One of the reasons I asked about the changing craft is uh, perhaps the, the varying is to lead into a question of the varying nature of these visitors, if that's what, what they are. We often suspect that we've got many, many different kinds, not just us, but a lot of people suspect that there may be a number of different species visiting Earth. No matter how they're doing it, whether it's interdimensional or trans world or um, something, just flying in from you know the uh, Pleiades or wherever people say they come from. Uh, however, they're getting here. There seem to be several different species. There have there has been some speculation that these uh, some of them don't get along, that they have different agendas in working with us. That uh, sometimes uh, some of them may have fooled around with our genetics and the whole looking at the whole whole human genome project. Something I looked at in my last book was really kind of 
I don't know, a little Startling. bit spooky because yeah. you have 223 genes that seem to have come out of nowhere that shouldn't be there. And all this business. Uh, do you believe, what's your take on, on that, Martin? Do you think there are a number of species visiting us and maybe with different agendas, some good, some bad? I mean, what, what's your whole take on that whole issue? Yeah, you know, I really try not to come up with an opinion of that because I, I have absolutely no idea, you know, and I, you hear things, um, different people that I've talked to will say, you know, there's the, of course, the gray aliens and then there's the mantis types and, and you know, on and on and on. And, and I really have no idea, uh, you know, if there's any particular species of any kind or several species um, you know that whole whole part of the. It was hard for me to swallow that we were actually being visited physically, uh, and the abduction thing was all really hard for me at first. But I do maintain to have an open mind that if we are being visited, then that part of it, you know, has just as much validity as the rest of it. Um, as far as different types of species, I really don't have a clue. I, I don't know if it's if it's uh, we're being revisited by the same or if new ones are coming here all the time. And also something occurred to me the other day during my podcast is, you know, if we're being visited now, we're probably always were visited because even the human existence is really such a small sliver of time, you know, and uh, compared to mm. the entire universe and oh, yeah. probable yeah. life out there, we could be visited, you know, right from the very beginning. You know, well, that's the thing. It's it's so inexact to really tell who or what whatever these things are, or if they are indeed visiting us, or if they're just sort of passing through, stopping off the latest planet or whatever, or they're popping through the closest universe or whatever you want to whatever definition you want to put on it. It's very hard for us to really know what's going on. I mean, we barely know what's going on in our own sphere of uh, influence. I mean, going outside that is it? That's like well, that's the motto of our show. Everything you know is wrong. Indeed. Yeah. You ever had <laughs> you ever had Nigel Kerner? Uh, on no. no. Oh, a very interesting guest. He's a, a, a British researcher, and he is convinced that that greys, as they're called and reported, are uh, robotic uh, figures who are trying, who are really up to no good in very rather terrible ways when it's approaching us. And and I don't know if I believe that, but there's a certain school of thought that might uh, uh, go against what Steve Bassett believes as far as disclosure is concerned in the sense that maybe things are so – the, the scenario and the agenda is so horrible and uh, perhaps even beyond our imagining that uh, that's why it's being kept secret. I mean, have you had any guests who speculated on that, about why these things are being kept secret if they are? No, not really. Not that I can think of right off the bat. Now, Nigel just wrote a book, didn't he? Is that who I'm thinking? Yes, of? he does have a new. Yeah, we were, we were going to have him on about it. Uh, we had him on about the last one, mm-hmm. but uh, he believes that, that not only are the Greys uh, robotic, which is uh, I've heard elsewhere, but that there's that a really, too. yeah, but mm-hmm. that there's a really serious um, plot underway to steal human energy and all all sorts of awful things that would not be good for us as as the physical beings. Mm. And uh, I don't know if I go that far, but uh, we do run in, in paranormal research. We do run into the, uh, what we refer to as parasites or the, what would in folklore be called demonic entities uh, who, who are not, don't have the same theology we have, but they sure fit, fit the profile that uh, 
our uh, ancestors talked about when it came to that sort of uh, negative being. You know, it's amazing how these things coincide. It is. That, so that's why we're we're rather excited, to, if that's the right word, about the parallels that uh, are coming out in both fields of research. I think anxiety is a better word. <laughs> well, probably anxiety too. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Martin, what? Um, when you were talking about your own UFO experience, I didn't quite get – how long ago was that? That was in 2006. Oh, okay. So that's relatively recent. Yep. And Ben is pointing a finger at me. We have to take another break. And you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. And we'll be right back. So stick with us. Are you looking for a great gift idea for someone interested in the paranormal? And listen up because we've got the perfect solution for you. Author and psychic detective Nancy Dutetra has just published a groundbreaking new book entitled Psychic Intuition. This book is unlike any other on the market today. It explains how psychic ability works in simple scientific and layman's terms and uses examples from Nancy's own life as a psychic detective and medium. The book explores all those thorny questions skeptics always ask and no one ever has an answer for. Like, why are women more intuitive than men? Is there such a thing as a sixth sense? Are psychics really just psychotic? How do psychic detectives get their information? What does it feel like to be touched by a ghost? What are the psychic senses and how do they work? Why won't science investigate this field? The book answers these and many more questions. Psychic Intuition is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle format and also on Nancy's website, www.theskepticalpsychic.com. Buy it today. New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, and Psychic Radio, PsychicOnAir.com. Powered by CBS Radio, AOL, and Yahoo is unlike any talk radio station. With a mission to improve the world one listener at a time. This is where you can be the star of your own show. Our listeners are truly unique, truly interactive, and passionate about their world. The Sky and Psychic Radio listeners genuinely care about the environment, social justice, their personal health, and raising people up to live their best life every day. Our motto is New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Age Views, Life Coaching, Psychic Analysis, Alternative Medicine, and Cutting Edge Mind, Body, and Spirit shows can all be found on the Sky and Psychic Radio. Perhaps you have what it takes to join our broadcast family, an open mind, a great idea, and a passion for enriching lives. Check out all the exciting details by clicking the microphone on our homepage at NewSkyRadio.com or give Lisa Rodman a call at 248-546-9600 to learn just how affordable it can be to host a show. I need somebody just anybody, you know I need someone, life's a game, win, call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you run a business, offer legal advice, enrich your relationships, or guide you on the right career path, our coaches are expert professionals in their field to help you win the game of life, listen to Coach Me Radio, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., 
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and to my left is Paul. And with us is Martin Willis of PodcastUFO.com. And we were talking of some of the shows he's done, some of the cases that we're going over, comparing notes. And, uh, Willis, I wanted to ask you really quickly, have you ever done anything about the uh, Flatwoods Monster? Only a blog. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of intriguing. Yeah, Frank Fischino That thing was, was like 10 feet tall or something like that, if I'm... If I remember uh, right, spewed oil, oil all yeah, over the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Again, perhaps another species, if if that if it is what it claims to be, another species, perhaps than the uh, usual run of the mill grays. You know. mm. So that yeah, that's quite interesting. Uh, now, Martin, now we're in our last segment here, so we're only in a few minutes. But Martin, uh, in the um, there is a certain current of opinion among some of our guests, and uh, and I'd like to know if there are among yours, who, many of whom are probably the same guests that we really haven't learned all that much about what this really is, this phenomenon, mm-hmm. since Roswell, and there are only more questions. That's right. And I, I've said that a number of times on the show that, you know, we probably, in my lifetime, may never know, you know, the answers of it. And, you know, some people say, you know, why do you go on? Why do you keep keep asking? And, uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting. And, and one of the things, you know, that I think a lot of people, you know, makes a lot of people keep going in this field is that we actually want to know, but we also want there to be something going on. We want there to be extraterrestrial life out there. I know I do. I'm speaking for myself, I should say. But, um, you know, we can't make it happen through fantasy, but um, it's intriguing it's interesting, and it's always uh, it's always very interesting to hear other people's opinions on that. Hmm. Well, that that leads into my final question. I think, what do you and your guests is, or is there a consensus? What what do, what do your guests see as the future of UFO research, and what do you see as the future? Hmm. I've UFO asked research. that question to a number of guests, you know, in the past, and a lot of them really don't have any answers other than the fact that, you know, technology keeps growing and there are, you know, more ways to research, more ways to detect, you know, certain things. So, you know, it's possible that we may get actually physical evidence, you know, other than radar tapes and trace landing evidence. It's possible we may get more and more evidence to actually have a a breakthrough, but who knows how long that'll take. No, that's true. All right. Well, Martin, is, uh, I want you to tell us about Podcast UFO, where people can find out more about you. Well, it's, as you said a number of times, it's podcastufo.com, and we have a weekly show. comes out every Friday. It's actually Thursday night, but I say Friday. comes out every Friday, and they're about 40 minutes to 50 minutes, and starts out with the latest UFO news and we talk a lot about what's going on in the cosmos, uh, science, in that news uh, segment. And then we have our main interview, which is about 30 to 40 minutes long, usually. So you can look for that every week. We also have a very active Facebook page. We have a, a great uh, woman that does that, admins that for me. We have about 6,000 people on there or so. And uh, she posts about three or four times a day, so there's great interaction there. 
And Michael Luck, who does the news, he uh, writes a blog. He was writing them every week for a while, but he slowed down a little bit. So a lot of times we'll have a new blog up there. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Excellent. So who are your uh, who are some of your guests coming up? Well, um, as I mentioned, the two that I'm very interested in, you know, is uh, Calvin Parker's our next guest. I also have a Nancy Talbot. She is a uh, uh, crop circle scientist, more oh, or less. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah she's, she's really interesting. All right. um, yeah. Then Colby, as I said, uh, Ron uh, Restroom. He's a um, He's a professor of sociology. He's going to be interesting. Charles Hull to be up. Randy Nickerson uh, encounter in Arua. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a fascinating case to me. Kevin Randall's agreed to be on, um, and a whole bunch of them. Gene Steinberg from uh, Paracast. Jerome Clark. Um, you know who I've had on, uh, and it's going to be a regular guest. And um, you'd really enjoy her is uh, Chase Klutsky. She's Absolutely fantastic. Oh. I, yeah, I, that's right. I was looking at Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah I, I uh, Noe, Noe Torres is coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, there's uh, a lot of great people. I'm pretty excited about it. Sounds like some great guests. We'll look forward to that. And just to, before we let you go, uh, what is the latest UFO news? You say you get the latest UFO news uh, weekly. And uh, just a, in a minute or so, if you could just fill us in, what's going on out there? Well, again, like I said, we we do talk a lot about you know what's going on currently, and but it's not always about what's going on in UFOs. For instance, we we talk about what's been reported. A lot of times, people are taking drones as UFOs, like the baseball game up in Canada recently. Um, a lot of times, we'll talk about like the satellite falling or um, asteroids or you know anything that's just current in the news. Um, a lot of people are really enjoying that. Not a whole lot about the sightings because there's nothing that really stands out to me right now that I can talk about. I can't think of anything. Currently, you know, my son asked me that question. You know, what's what's the latest big sighting? <laughs> yeah. A lot of times, well, can't think of anything, you know, lately. <laughs> and, well, we do you know, have – that does come and go. There are flaps and there are times when things – it seems to be kind of a lull. Uh, mm-hmm. and just, I, I'm just, I just keep thinking of things here. Well, just in the very last minute here, what opinions have you had from your guests about, or have you, about UFOs being, possibly being living creatures themselves, particularly these light balls? Yes, um, I can think of Denise Stoner. She was a, uh, she is a, wrote a book with Kathleen Martin. Yeah, we had her on a few weeks ago, too. Oh, you did? Yeah. So, you know, she mentioned that she thought, one of the crafts she was in was actually a biological being itself. Okay. That's the only time I've ever heard that that I can recall. Okay. All right. Well, again, Martin, it's been a very interesting conversation. Thank you for coming on. And again, folks, podcastufo.com. And it's every Friday. We can say that you have a, a new uh, production there, right? That's right. Very good. Alrighty. Okay, we'll be talking right. to you soon. And thanks, uh, thanks again for a great conversation. Great. Thank you very much. Okay, very good. So you can visit our show website at www.behindtheparanormal.com where you can find over 500 free podcasts of past shows. You can also check out our site at www.newenglandghosts.com where there are case studies and photos along with articles by my dad. And you can find my books, there are several of them, on Barnes & Noble Nook, e-reader, and Amazon Kindle. But if you buy them directly at behindtheparanormal.com, I will autograph them for you. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) And you will help us keep all those podcasts free. 
Also on our sites, uh, you'll find direct links to several charities that Ben and I have adopted. Uh, and a lot of veterans charities, particularly with uh, this week having been Veterans Day in the United States and uh, Remembrance Day uh, throughout the Commonwealth that uh, serve our veterans. One is USA Cares. That's a great charity that will provide financial assistance to veterans who uh, might be in a bind and their families, uh, including families who have lost loved ones in uh, the uh, conflicts in the Middle East. And, uh, again, you can check that out at usacares.org, a uh, fine, fine group. Uh, also, uh, locally here in New England, we have, of course, uh, well, nationally, Homes for Our Troops, and in New England, Builders Helping Heroes. Uh, Builders Associations are behind that, the Rhode Island Builders Association particularly. Uh, just finished, and I'm going to be going to this, just finished building a home for a veteran in Burrowville, Rhode Island, who lost both his legs in, in Afghanistan, and uh, they've done a great job with that. Also, uh, for our friends to the north, Canadian Veterans Advocacy. Uh, our friend uh, uh, Mike Blaze has started, started this excellent organization for uh, legislative and regulatory lobbying for Canadian veterans. And as you know, Canadian uh, soldiers have been side-by-side uh, side with us uh, in the war on terror since the beginning. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson. We will see you next week, November 24th, right here on CBS News Sky, where we will welcome the renowned artist Rex Sexton for a discussion of his near-death experience and what happened to him afterwards. In the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence show, uh, WON 1240 AM and ON Worldwide at 6 PM every uh, Eastern time every Monday. And Ben's signaling me. I guess we're done. So uh, we will see you next week. And stay with us for uh, future shows. And we'll talk uh, to you then. All no, right. Any more? Any time for a quote? Yes, go for it. Okay. we we'll leave you there. This evening with a thought from Nobel Prize winning French author André Guide. It is better to be hated for what you are than to be loved for what you are not. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time.